Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Texas is told, no, you have to let the federales in. No surprise there, of course, as the federal government invokes the supremacy clause. The budget battle heats up at the White House, and Chevron is the, uh, is the big deal before the United States Supreme Court today. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you for being here today. We got a lot going on, a lot going on. And we're covering it all for you. The WEF, we're covering the uh, budget battle, and we're covering, of course, the looming New Hampshire primary, plus the looming snow that we might be getting on Friday. Uh, two to three, maybe four inches. Cool. Very exciting. I like it. Don't forget, on February 7th is our big event with Terry Hayes. I'm excited for that. I'm looking forward to it, and I would love to see you there. So please join us for that. Just go to 1210WPHT.com and get your ticket. Terry Hayes is a brilliant author. I am loving his book, I Am Pilgrim. I love it. It's absolutely fantastic. And Wednesday, February 7th at 7 p.m., excuse me, at the Rotwith Theater at Rosemont College. We're going to have a wonderful time. We're going to talk about um, uh, the CIA, Iran, the inner workings of the intelligence community writ large. It's going to be great. If you read his book, I Am Pilgrim, it was um, truly to this day one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. And I'm loving Year of the Locust. I, I just can't put it down. Last time I was up reading it till I think 1.30 in the morning. So you're going to love getting a copy of that signed by Terry Hayes and have a great conversation. And tickets are very reasonable as well and include the book and the conversation. Because, you know, whenever, whenever I do these events, they always, we always have fun talking about different things. And he's got a great story. He worked on all kinds of movies and wrote different movies, produced them, Road Warrior, Mad Max. Um, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun. So that's Wednesday, February 7th, 7 to 8.30 p.m. And uh, please join us for that. Get your tickets at 1210WPHT.com. Okay. All right. So uh, let me share with you a couple of other things I wanted to mention to you. 
Let's see here now. As we continue along with the WEF, uh, let's talk about that for a moment, shall we? And then at 6.30 tonight, we have a guest. We're going to talk about Chevron. Um, the theme of today's show, of course, is dismantling the administrative state and also protecting America from the evil Bond villains in Davos who want to control everything and run everything. Here is um, a WEF speaker claiming that farming and fishing is ecocide. Yes, farming and fishing. I told you these people want us all to eat bugs. I told you this. And I don't know why the bugs don't have a good lobbyist, because if I were a bug, I would definitely get a good lobbyist, because it seems like nobody minds eating us. I mean, fish don't have feelings. Nirvana told us that. And yet, bugs, I guess, don't have feelings, but yet you can't eat fish, but you can eat bugs. I don't understand the distinction, but nevertheless, cut 22. I mean, ecocide as a word is becoming more, it's becoming better known around the world. And the concept is generally mass damage and destruction of nature. Um, but legally speaking, um, what our organization and other collaborators aim to do is to have this recognized legally as a serious crime. Because one of the issues that sort of pervades all of this discussion is that we have a kind of cultural, very ingrained habit of not taking damage to nature as seriously as we take damage to people and property. Um, and that, I mean, you know, if you're campaigning for human rights, at least you know mass murder, torture, all of these things are serious crimes. But there's no equivalent in the environmental space. Um, and so, and, and you know, unlike a, an international crime like genocide that in, involves a specific intent, with ecocide what we see is actually what people are trying to do, what businesses are trying to do is make money, is, you know, is farm, is fish, is do all of these things that are, um, you know, producing energy and so on um, as well. But what's it, what's missing is the awareness and the conscience around the side effects, around the collateral damage that happens with that. Yes, that is Jojo Meta from Stop Ecocide Now. Now, look, uh, as much as anybody, I like a good chocolate-covered grasshopper, deep-fried, of course, but... I really think that this is part of the bigger World Economic Forum agenda, which, of course, is to control every aspect of the economy. Because you notice what all these people talk about um, spending anywhere from $3 trillion to what John Kerry wants to spend, which is $5 trillion a year for the next 30 years. And they talk about all the stuff they want to buy. Think about all the people that make money off that. The people that make solar panels and windmills and, yes, all the, the, the batteries for the cars and all of it. And China's all in because China has the – and I learned this from Terry Hayes' book, The Year of the Pilgrim – excuse me, The Year of the Locust. China has the, the largest supply of rare minerals in the world. And so that's why China is all in on this, because every every electric car battery has to come from the rare earth minerals from China eventually. I mean, yeah, they're in other parts of the world, too. And believe me, they use slave labor in all those instances. But, you know, China really sees the opportunity there to make some cash. So China, even though they're the world's largest polluter, and now they have the new COVID cousin, the cousin Eddie of COVID, with a 100 percent kill rate in mice... What could possibly go wrong? Um, China's all in, you know, on this new agenda, this world agenda from the World Economic Forum. They're all in. 
And remember, uh, U.S. Special uh, Presidential Envoy for Climate, John Kerry, spoke with Bloomberg News, and his horse face was very, very uh, nervous and wrinkly as he talked about the green transition is irrevocable, and this is going to be forced. Uh, <laughs> there's no choice here, kids. You're going to like this. You're going to take it, and you're going to like it. Cut number five. The marketplace is going to support this transition. And I think it's irrevocable now. There's no question about whether or not the world is going to get to a low-carbon, no-carbon economy. We're going to get there. The only question is, are we going to get there in time to not be ravaged by the worst consequences of the climate crisis? Now, he said that from his private jet, or he thought of that from his private jet, actually, while he was eating private jet peanuts or whatever they have on private jets. I don't know. I don't fly them. I don't even fly first class. That's Matt DeSanct, the traitorous who flies first class, not me. I'm a man of the people and coach. When you took off on Monday, did you fly, fly first class out of curiosity? I did not, no. Just, just boarded a plane just to – you had to write a paper, right? Well, I had to, no, I didn't have to write a paper. It was a, uh intensive learning weekend. Did you just fly first class just to do intensive learning, just to <laughs> constant, you know, I concentrate? And- yeah, sometimes I'll just book flights so I can experience first class, I, and then just hop on to the very next flight and go back home. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't blame you. But um, John Kerry has you beat with his private jet. Now, this is why I love Javier Milley because that guy he flies commercial like me because he's a man of the people. All right. I'm flying commercial, too. I'm not in a private jet. It would be nice if anyone has one and wants to give me a ride. Let me know. I, I don't think any, I don't think anyone does. But your people, <laughs> Harvard, a Harvard professor named. Uh, now, how do I say this? Naomi Oreskes. Sounds close enough to me. Did you have Professor Oreskes in not. one of your elite, privileged Harvard classes? No, I did not have her as a professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she refused to answer how she got to Davos, and uh, <laughs> I don't know how she got to Davos. Maybe she took a <laughs> canoe. She called uh, Twitter a channel for disinformation, and she refused to say if it should be censored, but obviously that's what she believes. She briefly answered some questions from Avi Yamini of Rebel News. Uh, cut number eight. How are you doing, ma'am? I'm good, but I'm How rushing. did you get here today? I'm rushing to a session. I'm sorry. How, how did you get here? What was your carbon footprint to be oh, here it's today? It's terrible, and I'm, I'm a climate activist, and I'm working on the inside, so... You're working, how are you working on the inside? Uh, I'm working on litigation against fossil fuel companies and trying to get the good companies to do the right thing. And, and what you said yesterday about X, you feel like X. What, what's wrong with X? What a scary name that even is, right? <laughs> um, oh, where do I start? <laughs> so much disinformation on that channel. Um, do you think so, we should censor X? Ah, but other people at Davos did. They said it should be censored. We need to empower the government more to deal with disinformation, which is ironic, of course, since today is the day that we know the United States Department of Justice finally acknowledged what we all know, which is that the Hunter Biden laptop is real and it's spectacular. And by the way, the pictures on there are also real and disgusting, but some of them are spectacular. And the Department of Justice acknowledges that the Hunter Biden laptop is real, even though we were all told that it was disinformation. But at Davos, at the WEF, they're actually talking more and more about the fact that they need the government of the world to crack down on disinformation, and so much so that we shouldn't even have debate anymore. So let's turn back to horseface John Kerry, who looked quite serious today as he said that we shouldn't even have debates over climate science at this point 
Because once the elites have decided what is science, whether it is that uh, COVID came from an undercooked bat burger with a side of pangolin fries and a raccoon dog aioli, or uh, they've decided that six feet for social distancing is what you should do, even though they have no reason to say six feet. Why not five feet? Why not four and a half? Who knows? Who cares? They've decided it's science. That's the way it goes. And there shall be no debate on climate anymore cut 26 Please. well david thank you very very much and um ladies and gentlemen uh and particularly uh the members why of do you use gender? really capable uh and you will find a hugely informed panel so i'm almost embarrassed in laying out uh some initial thoughts, and David himself just now gave you a pretty good summary of what is at stake. Uh, and if I repeat a little bit, uh, forgive me, but we, it can bear repetition, folks. Um, I'm trying to find a way every day to be able to communicate to people what the urgency really is. And why it is that um, we need to more and more take seriously uh, what the scientists are telling us and what Mother Nature is telling us on a pretty regular basis. Why does she get gender? Uh, last year, 2023, which David referred to, was literally the most disruptive, climate disruptive, most climate consequential negative year in human history. And as we all know, if you measure, uh, you know, there's a, there's a uh, important uh, body of evidence now that's been laid out that really uh, doesn't leave us any space for debate or, frankly, procrastination any longer. There are millions of there people. There it is. You already, see, there's millions. no debate anymore. All right. The debate is over. So part of what the left wants is for you to shut up and do what you're told and not argue with anybody, including all the vegans who remind you that they're vegan every five minutes. By the way, the only question I have is if you're talking to somebody who is a CrossFit vegan, do they tell you they're vegan first or that they do CrossFit first? Does anyone know the answer to that question? It's definitely vegan. You think they? You think they let you know that they're vegan before they let you know that they do CrossFit? Uh, yeah, vegan's like a whole personality. CrossFit is too, but no, I it actually, is too. Yeah, vegan, I, I think takes uh, takes priority. So a CrossFit vegan, you think of the two, the first thing they'll tell you is that they're vegan and that they also do CrossFit. Absolutely, because I. <laughs> I think yeah. my theory is vegans believe they're better than everyone else. And CrossFit. Oh, 100%. <laughs> no doubt. CrossFit's just a brag. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, now what What if you have a gluten-free CrossFit vegan? Which one, which order would that be that they would tell you what they are? I still think Because gluten-free people make it a point to tell you they're gluten-free even if you're not eating with them. They'll find a way. You know, in case in case they walk by and smell like gluten, like there might be gluten, like somebody might might buy I don't know gluten perfume or cologne or something. Like they'll tell you that. So a a gluten free CrossFit vegan, they tell you in which order. You go vegan, CrossFit, gluten free. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Henry, what do you think? Yeah, which, I, I which, concur with that. You that, concur with that? that? Order, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's probably how I would think that would work out well. But but yeah, I, regardless, vegan comes first in every way, shape, and form, letting people know. 
Oh yeah, that's a whole identity. That's not just a diet. No, it's not. It's it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not a diet, and it's a lifestyle. And yes, they do think that they are better than us. You think you're better than us? Yes, yes, we do. Now snack on this cricket and shut up. But I'm gluten free, right? It's in gluten free breadcrumbs. And I can't have oil because of my skin. Well, don't worry about it. It's also in oil uh, air fryer. An air fryer <laughs> gluten-free deep-fried cricket. That sounds delicious. Coming to a restaurant near you just in time for Philadelphia Restaurant Week. Can a vegan eat a cricket? I don't know what the hell they eat. I mean, they eat soy. Everything they eat is soy, which is why the man boobs. But the thing about the soy, you have to remember, is that technically that comes from, what, like a green bean or a jelly bean or what is it? Soy, soybean, right? Yeah. How do you know soybeans don't have feelings? How do you know a soybean tree doesn't have feelings? <laughs> well, I've been told to talk to my trees if I want to help them grow. I, I've been told <laughs> you talk to flowers. Uh, how do you know that a soybean tree doesn't have feelings? Hmm? Uh, the cricket definitely has feelings. <laughs> I don't think so, they can eat the cricket. So we just said they're gonna they're gonna send me gluten free gluten cologne gluten cologne. Is that really a thing? I hope so. I hope so too. Thank you, Brian. I would I would love some uh, gluten cologne. Sounds delicious, <laughs> but it better be made by vegans. It just smells like bread. Yeah. Well, I, I semolina with uh, with sesame seeds obviously is my preferred. You know, come on, you walk into a bakery like that. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. If the world eventually one day we're all to eat bugs, that's coming. Um, but if I went to the doctor tomorrow and the doctor said to me, I have bad news, you're celiac, I would kill myself on the spot. I would. <laughs> I would. I would I would just end my life at that point because I, I can't I can't go through life without eating Italian bread and pizza the the real way I, I would just end it at that point I'd be like you know what it's been a good ride it's been fun but I'm checking out this is where I check out you could still eat steak though I but ste- I'm not talking about steak I'm talking about bread what does steak yeah, have to do that's what I'm saying you could still eat steak even with the with celiac disease. But steak is not bread. Why are you why are you bringing steak into the conversation? <laughs> you said you would take you take your own life. I'm saying there's still good foods out there that you'd be able to consume. And I wouldn't want to live if I couldn't have a nice piece of bread with my steak. Are you not following me? I I get it, but I'm just saying I think it's an overreaction. You know what? I'll tell you what an overreaction is. Justin Trudeau, man-child Justin Trudeau, who is also of course the bastard love child of Fidel Castro. Um, no, you're going to let that go? You're going to let that, you're, the Censorati's going to let that go? Sorry, I was reading a text message that you just sent me. Um, oh, good. Yeah, that That's is- what I got to do, Henry, from the future. If I just distract him, I can, I can be free to declare that Justin Trudeau is, in fact, the bastard love child of Fidel Castro. <laughs> we don't it's believe just that, that easy. No, it's we- just that easy. He's distracted. Like, it's the attention span of a gnat over there. Oh, well, look, a shiny object. I don't, know how he, I don't know how you send text messages while you're in the middle of a monologue. Because I'm very good at multitasking, that's how. Clearly. So, man-child Justin Trudeau, who is uh, very, bears a striking, I'll just say this, he loves a good Cuban sandwich, and he uh, <laughs> loves a good Cuban sandwich with bugs instead of ham. 
because he's also a nut. Anyway, Justin Trudeau says that he's very, very scared of another Trump term. And uh, you got to hear what a UFC fighter named Sean Strickland just told the Canadian journalist to go blank himself after the journalist tried asking a gotcha question about the LGBTQ plus plus IA every letter of the alphabet community. We'll play that for you upon my return. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. A lot to get to, including, of course, what is going to happen with Chevron? That is the big story of the day today, brought to you by our buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria. Will the Supreme Court overturn the Chevron deference doctrine, which would go a long way towards dismantling the administrative state? Let's hope so. We're coming right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Well, you know, Henry, you, you scored a double win on this one. Your outstanding musical selections. Not only did I reference that line in my previous segment, but Fish are at the epicenter of a landmark case before the United States Supreme Court that has the chance, the potential, to smash the administrative state to pieces. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Uh, Chevron, the Chevron Deference Doctrine, which, as Road Warrior reminded us in the 3 o'clock hour, three and a half hours ago. Uh, yes, at least one Supreme Court justice recused herself, Katanji Brown-Jackson. But regardless of the fact, it's still a important case uh, regardless. And here to talk about it with us, Zach Smith, legal fellow and manager of the Supreme Court and Appellate Advocacy Program in the Heritage Foundation's Edwin R. Meese Center. Zach, welcome back to the show, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing well, Rich. Thanks so much for having me on this evening. 
Absolutely. You know, uh, I'm sure you filed this case like I did today. I, I, I enjoy listening to the oral arguments. I always have. I'm not an attorney, but uh, years ago, I used to drive around. This is a true story. In high school, there was this thing called May It Please the Court. They were oral arguments from landmark Supreme Court cases, and I would drive around listening to them. And let me just tell you, chicks dug that big time in high school. <laughs> well, I can only imagine, and I think you were uh, certainly on the right track, Rich, uh, <laughs> listening to that uh, material. Uh, but look, you know, your description of the cases that the court heard today was absolutely spot on. I think this is a very underappreciated case, a very underappreciated issue, this issue of Chevron deference. Uh, but it has a great impact on all of our lives. And it's Essentially, what courts have been doing for many, many years now is when a law isn't clear or it's ambiguous, courts have been deferring to unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats to say what that law means. Now, you can imagine the problems uh, that this causes. Uh, bureaucrats, of course, will try to enhance their own power, uh, take really, I think, radical actions in some instances, and yet courts will defer to this under the Chevron doctrine. And so now, as you mentioned, there are uh, two cases actually in front of the court, uh, one where Kintanji Brown-Jackson is recused, the Loper-Bright case, one where she is not recused, the relentless case, but the issues in the two cases are essentially the same, and the court is being asked uh, to overturn this very pernicious Chevron doctrine. You know, the problem is that, and I think that Justice Antonin Scalia and, and Justice Gorsuch references today, um, at, at the time, he thought Chevron was a good thing. And then as time went on, he realized the unintended consequences of it. And the unintended consequences are that the administrative state has expanded in such a way that now great example, Barack Obama saying, I have a pen and I have a phone. So if I can't get Congress to pass the things I want, I will use my pen and my phone and I will have my agencies promulgate rules. And, and, and we went from having, you know, a few rules a year in the Federal Register to now something astonishing like 40,000 new rules promulgated in the Federal Register. Uh, the numbers are astonishing. And that's what happens. Right? They, they have the weight of law. They come with fines. They come with jail time in many instances. And the only way that Congress even though Congress is empowered under the Constitution to actually pass the laws. But the only way Congress can deal with a rule they don't like is to pass a law to undo a rule. And that, you know, that is mind-boggling in and of itself, but it shows you what really is at the heart of this case, I think, which is an administrative state of unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats who have decided, look, regardless of the agenda of the president, regardless of the agenda of the cabinet secretary, we can create rules to get our way. And these rules have the absolute weight of law. And then um, right. we can add on to those rules. And Congress can't do a damn thing about it because getting them to pass a law to undo a rule. <laughs> good luck. Right. Well, look, I want to be clear. The current status of things actually benefits many members of Congress, too. They essentially get to kick the, the bucket down yes. the road. They get to pass the buck. Uh, when yes. these bureaucrats make these unpopular decisions, they get the point and say, I didn't do it. They did it. And so what we're fundamentally talking about here, Rich, is who has power in our government? Who should have the power? And there is a very candid admission today, or argument, that if the Chevron doctrine is repealed, if the court does away with it, that would give more power back to Congress, more power back to the courts, where the framers of our Constitution uh, you know, thought this type of power would reside. And, and, you know, what's really troubling, I think, is when you look at this Chevron doctrine in the larger context, Context and the context that these agencies are not only passing their own rules and regulations, 
They're also enforcing them. They also have in-house judges uh, adjudicating whether there have been violations of these rules. It's a complete violation of the separation of powers. Uh, and, but look, I take a first good step, a big step on rolling back the current growth of the administrative state is to do it that way with the Chevron Doctrine. Yeah, and also the uh, the Vision 2025 at the Heritage Foundation is, is working on for the transition, which I think would be fantastic. Uh, this One of the particular cases has to deal with this idea that herring fishing boats have to have monitors on board to monitor their fishing of herring, and that they have to right. pay them out of their own pocket, and it comes out to be anywhere from seven to 750 bucks a day, and a lot of these uh, these herring fishermen have turned around and said, look, that may, be, that may exceed our profits here. If Congress were to debate a bill that said herring fishermen have to pay for the cost of their own federal monitors, that bill would never make it out of committee. And that's the thing, right? I mean, it, it, it's such a ludicrous idea. You would tick off so many people. There's nobody who would ever vote for that. But there are other things happening right now in rules that don't get as much attention that I think hopefully Chevron can address. One of them is the Biden administration's their uh, announcement they're going to rewrite Title IX. I mean, Title IX is a law passed right. by Congress, and here's the Biden administration. They want to issue a rule to radically change Title IX to include transgender students. But that, again, that's something that Congress should do. But a lot of Congress people don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole, to your point. So they're, they're happy if the Department of Education promulgates a rule that changes a law that they passed. But my God, Zach, I mean, that would be such a fundamental change from Title IX as it was passed by the legislature that you, you, right. you can't even conceive they are the same thing. But the arrogance of Chevron gives the bureaucrats the thinking that, well, they can just get away with it. No, that's absolutely right. And look, I think that's an important point you're making as well, Rich. Chevron deference impacts many areas of our lives that most people don't even think about on a day-to-day basis. I think that's an outgrowth of the, uh, how vast the administrative state currently is, but everything from where you bank, what type of gas you get, you know, the list goes on and on and on. All of that is potentially impacted by Chevron deference because all of those activities are subject to federal regulation. And what's even more egregious, Rich, and something that I don't think has been talked about as part of this debate, many states have their own version of Chevron deference as well. And while that wouldn't be affected by the Supreme Court's ruling uh, in these Loper-Bryant relentless cases, you know, that's certainly something to keep in mind. And I suspect and hope uh, that there will be efforts made to roll back state level Chevron deference as well. Yeah, uh, good point on that. Let's come back to that for a quick second, Zach. Why do you think at, at the time, in the 19, I think it was 84 when the decision came out, why do you think Scalia, who, who's a guy who's, who's always so fearful of the separation of powers being abused and, and fearful of, of, of the abuse of government by the executive, why at the time did he think Chevron was a good idea? You know, there are different theories on this, uh, Rich. I think certainly the administrative state, even in the 80s, wasn't as uh, aggressive and the outgrowth hadn't been as pernicious as we've seen today. As you said, Justice Scalia came to see the error of his ways toward the end of his life, toward the end of his tenure on the court. Uh, But look, you know, I think we sitting today, you know, almost 40 years, 30, 40 years after Chevron deference or some form of it first came about, we see the problems that this approach causes. And in fact, our oral argument today, Chief Justice John Roberts, who I don't always agree with uh, on his decisions, you know, he made the point that, you know, 
even under Chevron, which is being supported right now as being steady, not changing the law, you know, kind of keeping things on an even kill. He said that's not true because every four years when a new administration comes in, agencies change how they interpret the laws. And if courts are deferring to those changed interpretations, essentially every four years, you get different interpretations of the law. And that cannot uh, stand. Uh, so regardless of why Justice Scalia thought you know, this was a good idea or why he wrote the opinion in the way he did, I think today we can say it's been an utter failure and needs to be done away with. Yeah, well said. You know, I always think about these bureaucrats like like cockroaches. You know, they they, they embed themselves into the bureaucracy and they, they know they're going to outlast the conservative president or the conservative right. cabinet secretary. And I mean, how many times over the years do you think they've chuckled? The EPA is a great example, right, where they've chuckled when a, a, a new administrator has come in saying we're going to make the EPA business friendly. We're going to we're going to work with businesses. We're not going to punish them. How many of those bureaucrats five floors below the administrator's office chuckle to themselves going, Going, we've heard this before. We were here before you. We'll be here after you. We're not worried about it. That is really at the heart of the problem. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you listen to some veterans of Donald Trump's administration, they will frankly tell you they were shocked at the level of recalcitrance uh, they experienced by career staff in the various administrative agencies. They expected some resistance. Uh, they knew they were facing an uphill battle. But the scope of the resistance, the tools available to these unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats to thwart uh, an elected president's agenda was shocking even to them. That's part of the reason things like Schedule F, reforming the civil service rules, are very important. And I think, you know, regardless of, of what happens in the next election, you know, that should be a top priority uh, for any incoming administration. You know, the, uh, the, the the other point, too, is that you, not only did this president have people in his own administration trying to undermine him, he also had people in his own uh, executive branch of government who were trying to destroy his presidency. I mean, we think about Chevron, but it's it, it, even bigger than just rules that are created and, and, and new regulations is a mindset, a bureaucratic mindset that I think has embedded itself into the deep state where you have, you know, the FBI, the Department of Justice, the uh, pick your three letter agency du jour, um, people like Fauci and others who, who think that whatever they can do is beyond reproach. There, there will be no consequences to their actions. So if they abuse their power, if they abuse their job, if they do these things, so what? Nothing happens to them. That's the other problem here that I think Chevron has fueled, an unintended consequence of that, where bureaucrats think, not only am I okay with my job, but if I'm caught, so what? No, no, no big deal. I mean, Peter Strzok, Strzok is a, a free man today, Peter Strzok. Lisa Page, you know, Fauci, I mean, Rand Paul says he should go to prison for what he did. But, but he doesn't, he's not going to go to prison. That's the other problem here, too, is, is holding bureaucrats accountable. I know that Chevron in and of itself won't do that. But maybe Chevron together with the, the, the Vision 2025 that you guys have launched for the new administration, maybe these two things coming together, smashing the administrative state, could go a long way towards at least establishing the notion, hey, bureaucrats, you don't get to run this country. Well, that's certainly the goal. Uh, I think our elected representatives in Congress and the White House, certainly, uh, that's where the framers anticipated major decisions would be made. That's where major decisions should be made. Uh, but to your point, I think looking at the reaction of this obscure federal agency that's uh, at issue in this case, looking at their reaction to this lawsuit really emphasizes your point. When they were sued, instead of saying they were wrong, instead of trying to defend on the merits, before they did any of that, they ultimately 
immediately repealed the regulation, refunded any money they had received and said nothing to see here. Now, of course, that would prevent the core issue of Chevron from making its way to the courts, from being litigated and adjudicated. And that in and of itself shows that many of these bureaucrats understand just how powerful, just how important Chevron deference is to them maintaining their current level of political power. Zach Smith, legal fellow and manager of the Supreme Court and Appellate Advocacy Program in the Heritage's Edwin R. Meese Center. Thanks, my friend. I really appreciate your analysis today. It's been fun. Thanks so much for having me on, Rich. Take care. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So Bridget had her appointment yesterday, or today actually, this morning with Dr. Mike Venaria. He was fitting her for a new mouth guard. Um, my whole family goes to Dr. Mike Venaria, and we have been going for years. I was I had a procedure last week, as you know. He's a great guy. He's a great dentist, and he is the master of dental implants. Look, when it comes to your smile, please don't mess around here. It's your smile. You deserve to have a beautiful smile. And Dr. Mike Venaria excels at complicated dental implants. That's really his specialty right there, dental implants. If you've had an estimate for dental work, please get a second opinion with Dr. Mike. You can trust him. He's honest. And for over 10 years, he's been voted as the top dentist in New Jersey for that reason. Two offices to serve you, Cinnamonson and Woodbury, right over the bridge, ready to help you get the perfect smile you deserve. This is a new year, a time for a new you. And forget going to the gym and doing a smile tells the world you're happy. A smile sends all kinds of messages to people. You deserve it. So do something special for yourself by giving yourself that million-dollar smile. Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, my buddy, my dentist, my friend, and the master of dental implants, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Breaking news. The big story of the show brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria. I will be on Fox News tomorrow morning, it looks like, with uh, Dana Perino. So looks like around 10 o'clock. They asked me if I was available. Um, I'll, I'll confirm and tweet it out when it's confirmed. But anyway, that's what things are looking like today. I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about. But um, if they ask, I'll do it, obviously. The other thing, too, I wanted to mention is that the Biden administration is in some hot water here. So uh, House Republicans are investigating whether Bank of America voluntarily turned over to the FBI a list of customers who made transactions in the days on and around January 6, 2021, the high holy day of the left. And those who purchased firearms with the bank's credit and debit cards. Why? There were no firearms at the Capitol on January 6th. And the pipe bomb that was found was found by a plainclothes Capitol Police officer. So the House Judiciary Committee, its subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government and the subcommittee on the administrative state, regular regulatory reform and antitrust are conducting oversight of the FBI's receipt of information about American citizens from private entities. Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, uh, who chairs the Weaponization Subcommittee, and Representative Tom Massey of Kentucky, who chairs the other subcommittee on the administrative state, told Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan in a letter obtained by Fox News Digital that they want more information on the bank's cooperation with the FBI. Quote, we require your cooperation in investigating these facts. They asked for all records related to the provision of customer data by January 
uh, by June 8th, excuse me. The investigation comes after an FBI whistleblower testified to the committee that Bank of America, with no directive from the FBI, data mined its customer base by compiling customers who used a Bank of America debit or credit card between January 5th and January 7th, 2021. Why? Nobody used guns at the Capitol on January 6th. What is the, what is the, what is the point of that? It was not an armed insurrection. That's the point. There, there was no, that's the, that's why it's not even an insurrection. I mean, typically if you're going to have a revolution, people bring guns. People usually bring guns to a revolution. Jordan and Massey explained to Moynihan that the FBI whistleblower told the committee that um, it was provided to the FBI voluntarily and without any legal process and all these customer names were turned over. The committee was told separately that people who had previously purchased the firearm with a Bank of America product were elevated to the top of the list regardless of when and where the purchase was made. Retired FBI supervisory intelligence analyst George Hill was one FBI whistleblower who shared the information. He said Bank of America compiled the list, and then on top of that list, they put anyone who had purchased a firearm during any date on the list, and he said it's a huge list. Bank of America created targeted transactions in Washington, D.C. and the surrounding area. The testimony was corroborated by the testimony of his former FBI supervisor, special agent in charge of the Boston Field Office. He testified that he learned of Bank of America's move through another special agent in charge of counterterrorism in Boston. Jordan and Massey wrote together and said the following. The testimony is alarming. According to veteran FBI employees, Bank of America provided without any legal process private financial information of Americans to the most powerful law enforcement entity in the country. This information appears to have had no individualized nexus to particularized criminal conduct, but was rather a data dump of Bank of America customers' transactions over a three-day period. This information undoubtedly included private details about Bank of America customers who had nothing at all to do with the events of January the 6th. Well, look, the TSA is monitoring you if you flew into the Capital Region uh, in that time period, whether or not you were even in the District of Columbia, whether or not you were at the Capitol building. They're, they're monitoring you. You're, you're, you're on a list somewhere. The, the left will never give this up. And they will continue to use it, just like I told you on January 7th. They will continue to use this as an excuse to spy on you, surveil you, know all the details, get all your information, all of it. All right, listen, the great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Keep the conversation going on Twitter. Get your tickets to see me and Terry Hayes on February 7th. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you for listening. See you tomorrow. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.